Welcome to Fresh Take, your favorite weekly podcast that delivers a healthy dose of information pertaining to healthy lifestyles, organic and sustainable agriculture, and numerous topics related to the environment. Thanks for tuning in. Our industry experts are here to provide you with a fresh take on topics that can help you optimize your lifestyle and well-being. On today's episode, we'll be discussing on whether or not your produce is safe from COVID-19 when you purchase from a farmer's market or a grocery store. We have today with us as our our special guest, Rom, who is the CEO of Quality Certification Services. And Quality Certification Services is a certification program of Florida Organic Growers that's been doing food safety audits and trainings for a long time. So I feel like you're a great uh, person to speak on this matter, Rom. Welcome to our, our podcast. Thanks, Jessica. Uh, As you know, our certification program, Quality Certification Services, QCS, is involved in doing both organic and food safety inspection for almost 30 years, actually more than 30 years. Recently, QCS is one of the very handful of certification bodies in the whole world that receives FDA's third-party certification. Personally, I have also done more than 1,000 audits over the last 20 years or so. And I continue to do food safety audits on complex operations that requires extremely high level of expertise. So a lot of things I am sharing today is coming from the knowledge and the experience of being a food safety auditor. Also being a trainer, or you can call trainer of the trainers category, to train farmers on various food safety topics today. The reason I feel like this discussion is so important is because I recently watched a neighbor of mine spread their produce out on their back patio and proceed to spray it with a disinfectant spray. Please do not use the disinfectant on the produce. It might be harmful if ingested. The National Poison Data System, uh, the Center of Disease Control, and the American Association of, of Poison Control Centers reported at least a 30% increase of disinfectant poison. That's a pretty high number. Very, it's definitely a very high number, Ram. And there's actually even been one case most recently where it was reported that a woman developed mild hypoxemia from inhaling fumes from a mixture of bleach, vinegar, and hot water that she was using to disinfect her produce. And the issue with that is that I think that sometimes people don't understand that there's a difference between disinfected and sanitizers, and that even with sanitizers, some are safe for foods and others are not. And like I said before, I know you've done many food safety trainings, so I'm sure you can elaborate on this to help our listeners understand the differences and the risks that are associated with using products in the incorrect way and what products are actually meant, you know, for surfaces, our hands, and then our food, because they all are so different and definitely have different effects of using them. You hit the nail on the head, Jessica, by distinguishing between surfaces versus hand versus what can be used in humans and what can be used on produces. But in order to understand why use of disinfectant on produce could be harmful and what we can do to make sure the produce we buy is safe, we need to comprehend and connect a couple of concepts. And I will do my best to connect these concepts so that we can have a good understanding, a science-based understanding of why, what, and when, what we can do and how we can do it. 
To start with, it is important to understand first the difference between the sanitizers and disinfectants. Sanitizers are substances that reduces the germ population by significant numbers, but do not destroy or eliminate the germs. If you closely read the labels of those kind of sanitizers, you will see they typically make no claim against viruses or, or bacteria. It just reduces the overall population of the germs. That's the purpose of sanitizers. Now, disinfectants, on the other hand, are substances that actually kills these germs. The word germ is here is broadly used to include bacteria, fungi, and viruses. So there is a big difference between a sanitizer and, and disinfectants. The second concept that's very important to understand is the difference between a hand sanitizer and sanitizers. Because now we know the difference between sanitizer and disinfectants, it's important to understand even within the sanitizers, there are two categories, hand sanitizers and sanitizers. That's something that you mentioned about that is allowed to be used in the surface and, and used in food processing facilities. Hand sanitizers are FDA approved, whereas the other sanitizers that is used to treat on the surfaces and in food processing facilities are EPA approved. When hand sanitizers are tested, they are usually tested for how safe it is to be used in hand, not necessarily the efficacy of the product. So this, this, this second distinction is very important that hand sanitizers are approved by FDA and they're usually tested for how safe it is to be used in hand, not necessarily the efficacy. And then you have the second category of sanitizers that is usually used in food processing plants and surfaces, we call as food contact surfaces, which is regulated by EPA. It is off-label. You cannot take what is approved as a sanitizer for surfaces and use it on a produce or anything that is not indicated in the label. Off-label use of EPA-approved sanitizers is a violation of U.S. EPA regulation. Like I said, I mean, I told you what I saw my neighbor doing. So, so many people may say, wait a minute, you know, I hear that hand sanitizers can be used against COVID-19. The first thing that you see on these labels on like a hand sanitizer or something, a product like that is that it kills 99.9% of germs. So for people that don't understand the difference, their first thought is, oh, it kills 99.9% of germs. This has got to be, you know, what I should use to clean my produce or my hands or whatever the case may be. And I don't think that they necessarily understand those claims. And if you could just elaborate a little bit on that, um, so people have that understanding, that'd be great. Sure, I'm, I'm smiling because kind of checking here because how misleading those marketing terms are. Let's address the 99.9% claim. And then we'll talk about how hand sanitizers can be used against COVID-19 and how we can, when we can tie back all those previous two concepts that we have learned. The 99.9 percentage is a marketing term, no doubt about it. There are, you will see two different variations. Uh, the first variation is use of the word up to 99.9%. My product is an example I'm using. Whatever product X can kill germs up to 99.9%. That means it could be zero, it could be 50%, or up to 99.9%. The second one, you'll see the slight variation of this is kills 99% of germs. And they'll have a small asterisk right next to it, no matter what. And if you go back to the fine print, this 99% refers to a small handful of different strains or different types of germs. The other thing that we also need to be keeping in mind is usually these are test results that are obtained in lab conditions and do not produce similar results in the real world. That's a big disconnect. In real world, efficacy of hand sanitizers really depends on how dirty your hand is, how oily your hand is, what type of 
germs we are talking about and the alcohol content itself. So that's why I think the kills statement, kills 99.9% of germs is a marketing term, not necessarily the reality that you see in real world. Now, the even in hand sanitizers, there are two categories. One is alcohol-based and alcohol-free hand sanitizers. The alcohol-free hand sanitizers, according to the Center for Disease Control, CDC, may not work as well for many types of germs, including COVID-19. They don't work very, very efficient. The only statement I can make on these type of products, which is basically non-alcohol or alcohol-free hand sanitizers, is they're better than nothing, but they are not efficient against COVID-19. Now, alcohol-based hand sanitizers are effective against COVID-19. In fact, CDC recommends if 60% of if the active ingredients is ethanol or 70%, greater than 70% if the active ingredient is isopropanol. So basically, for COVID-19, hand sanitizers that, has, that are alcohol-based and has a 60% of active ingredient if it is ethanol or 70% if it is isopropanol can work against COVID-19. The way alcohol works is, is alcohol dissolves out the coating of these bacteria and viruses and let the cells explode. Now, an important point tying back to what we talked about is Jessica is at this concentrations, these alcohol are no longer hand sanitizers, they are disinfectants. So that's an important point to remember. Remember when we talked in the beginning, sanitizers just typically bring down the population of germs, disinfectants, right. kills, kills germs. Right. So now at a 60, 70% of concentration, it's really, you're really talking about hand sanitizers evolving itself into be a disinfectant. Even though right. FDA still continues to regulate it, at this point of the time, to keep everyone safe, FDA and CDC has announced at this concentration, if, you, if you're finding a product that has a, a hand sanitizer, it is effective against COVID-19. Right, as long as uh, the content of the is 60 to 70%. Uh, depending, yes, that's depending on the type of alcohol. The type of the alcohol right. yeah, yeah. This concentration does works very well on surfaces. However, there's a couple of more points you need to keep in mind. As you know, alcohol can really dry your hand. Yes. And again, we talked about also how the efficacy of the alcohol-based hand sanitizers, it really depends on how dirty or soil your hand is. So my recommendation, it is for this reason also that CDC recommends more than use of hand sanitizers, just wash your hands. Hands should be washed with the soap and water for at least 20 seconds. That simple procedure is sufficient enough to keep your hands is clean and reduces the risk of COVID-19 contamination. Now, if, if you don't have a soap and you don't have a water sources, then the best option is, you, the next reliable option is using the recommended level of alcohol against COVID-19. I mentioned briefly about alcohol making your skin dry, and, but that is also going to be some ingredients such as tocopherol, this is vitamin E, sometimes glycerin, some colors and flavors and fragrances are also used. Now, let's rewind back and go back to what we discussed. These synthetic chemicals, these alcohols can be, when ingested, can cause some health-related issues. And that's why they are seeing, when you're applying these kind of alcohol that is approved for COVID-19 at a, such a higher concentration, together with the other ingredients, when applied in the produce, and you consuming the produce is going to cause some poison. And that's why you yes. start a surge in the poisoning. COVID-19, now, 
you know, we talked about a little bit about you know uh, the difference between sanitizers and disinfectants, and even within sanitizers, we talked about hand sanitizers versus EPA approved sanitizers that is used in uh, facilities and food processing locations. We also talked about why disinfectant cannot be applied a little bit because of the other ingredients and the, the toxicity associated with it. Now let's jump into the problem. So what can you do when you visit to a farmer's market and how we can make ourselves buy a produce that is safe? Let's just hypothetically imagine that you're walking into the farmer's market and you're also walking into grocery chain stores. One key thing that I wanted to make it very clear is that COVID-19 is not a foodborne illnesses. So what is a foodborne illnesses? Football illnesses are norovirus. Examples of football illnesses on virus is norovirus hepatitis A. And norovirus, some good examples, whenever you think about some things in cruise ships, norovirus is the culprit. You know, we can always think about norovirus as something when you travel in cruise ships or if your kids goes to the daycare, you'll always keep hear about wash your hands, there's a norovirus outbreak in our kindergarten or your daycares. Those are examples of foodborne illnesses. COVID-19 is not a foodborne illness. It's a respiratory illness that usually spreads from human to human interactions. Typically, a COVID-19 spreads through by air, by coughing and sneezing, close personal contact, such as touching or shaking hands, touching an object or surfaces with virus on it, then touching your mouth or nose or eyes before washing your hands. And that's why generally it's recommended Always wash your hands with soap and rinse off your hand for 20 seconds. So that's the best thing. And again, if you don't have every place you go there, there is no soap and water, then hand sanitizer, the recommended hand sanitizers, alcohol-based sanitizers, hand sanitizers is the right one to do. Now, let's say we walk into the farmer's market. Now we're imagining us walking into the grocery stores. I typically like to use certain good practices that we can take. We know COVID-19 is a respiratory disease. So wearing a mask, I strongly encourage people to wear a mask. It is really protects you from, from a new sneeze or somebody sneeze, so it kind of keeps it where it needs to be. And maintain social distance. That's a key thing. Not every single farmer's market do provide a trolley and wipes, but in grocery stores, when shopping cart, you can have alcohol wipes. If you, if you, are, if you want to make sure, you can use those things to wipe your cart or if you carry them with you, wipe your cart or wipe your box, whatever you're taking it to take those produces, but dispose it up properly, please. And then maintain social distance. Um, then the other tips that I can, I can think about is, you know, just go one way only shopping. Yes, it eliminates a lot of contact with people when you follow one direction. And so now you're just starting to buy. Don't touch too many produce at the time. And every time you buy a product, you want to touch a product. And if you want, if you have a hand sanitizer in hand, then you can just apply your hand sanitizers um, before and after touching the after touching the produce. That would be some of the steps I would do as we are buying those produce. So, which is clearly so before. So when you went to the market, you already have a mask. You are using a sanitizer. You are using you're using a disinfectant wipes that is being provided at the market or the one that you carry with you, wipe off the cards or anything that you have. You also have your hand sanitizers, maintain the social distance, and then shop only the one way out and keep using the hand sanitizer if you feel like 
before and touching the produce. Now comes the time to give the money, but be it's a credit card, be it's the cash, it's still a surface. I would still follow the same thing what I just recommended before and after touching the produce, which is A, use your hand sanitizers before giving the cash or use the card, and when you get it back, again, put it in your purse, wallet, and then use the hand sanitizer again. That would be my recommendation. to follow one way route, come back, get out, keep all in your car with your bags. If you have a washable bag, that's, that's nice. If not, whatever the bag that you're using it. Uh, the, the reason I mentioned about having a washable bag is you know, in case when you want to buy, bring it home and wash it and reuse it. And then that's another way to also to minimize contact. Now, I mentioned about contact and I wanted to share an important part. Typically, based on the science that is available from the National Institute of Health, is on a cardboard boxes, typically they can, this COVID-19, if somebody sneezes it or somebody to the aerosols that comes out because of coughing, can last for two days. On a printing and tissue paper, it can last for three hours. So what does it really mean? Just because the surface had remnants of the genetic materials of the viral does not mean the infection is going to happen. In fact, the FDA's deputy commissioner has made it very clear there is no evidence that this respiratory virus can be transmitted by food or packaging on food. And public health authorities do believe that the transmission via surfaces, surfaces meaning the, surface, the, the, the places when you go and buy, then you touch them, you know, or the packaging materials that you use, public health authorities do not believe that transmission via surfaces is a significant way to spread up COVID-19. So having known this, this additional two information, now we have we got the produce from the farmer's market. Now I'm coming to my home. Again, the first thing I would do is I will wash them. When I'm coming from my home, from my, from to the home, I take my bag, bring my grocery inside, wash my hands, it's just soap and water. Then the next step is do not leave the produce inside your garage for three days. It's really a bad idea, especially the perishable items. If you leave it outside, that could lead to other foodborne illnesses. There may be stress again here. COVID-19 is not a football analysis. But if you leave the produce in your garage three days, non-refrigerator, thinking that after three days, things would go off. No, it may lead to other football illnesses. So you take your produce, put it in the fridge. For boxed items, uh, put the produce inside the fridge. Do not use any disinfectant uh, in your refrigerator. Wherever you, you typically store, do that. But, but if, you have, if you are in a high-risk group, you probably think, hey, I need to use disinfectant wipes to clean my boxes and cans. Certainly you can, not on fresh produce, only for boxes and cans or something that's wrapped in plastic, but make sure they do not come in contact with the fresh produce or food. No, I, I absolutely agree with that, Rom. I mean, one of the things that I do even prior to COVID-19, but I think it's just a good practice. Clearly we want to make sure that we keep all of our surfaces as far as countertop sinks, you know, your, your refrigerator, your cabinets, you want to make sure that you're cleaning those, wiping those down, keeping them disinfected. But when I go out and I shop and I bring my fresh produce home, like you, um, I wash my hands. Uh, I make sure that my sink is, is clean and sterile. And then I fill my sink with plain water, just regular water. Um, I do have a filter on my sink. If you don't, I think that that's okay. And then I just add some vinegar to that water and I soak my produce in it, like maybe five, 10 minutes rub it gently. And then of course, you know, remove it from that water onto, you know, a, a clean sterile surface. I pat it dry and then I proceed to cook it as I normally would. Now, hopefully that's sufficient and effective. I found that it, it's, it's worked for me. Is there anything else I should be doing or is that effective in this situation? 
So did I hear you right that you use the word vinegar? I do, yes. Yeah, I would recommend just using plain water. That should be good enough. Uh, when you use vinegar in other products, you know, vinegar could be potentially used as a, as a sanitizer at a certain concentrations. But I would just rather say, hey, just wash your produce before consumption or before cooking is always a good idea. You don't have to use soap or anything like that. And also, you don't have to wash pre-washed produce. Something that comes in the bag already is pre-washed. You don't have to wash anything. If, if it's, especially those bags will say it's pre-washed. Right. Uh, you don't have to wash it. But if you're getting a carrot, uh, removing the dirt and washing with just tap water should be adequate. I have bought bagged collard greens. on the And on the bag, it may even say triple washed. Yeah, it, when it said triple washed, it's just a process. Yeah, you're right. Um, so you don't have to really wash those things. The important things to my, remember, Jessica, here is fresh produce is not linked to COVID-19. COVID-19 is not a football illness. When you go to this farmer's market, that is a great way that you can support your local farms. When you go to the, you can also buy it in grocery chains, but when you go to the farmer's market, you're supporting local produce. It builds local community resilience. Whether you shop in a grocery chain, whether you shop in, in farmer's market, COVID-19 is not a football illness. So all we can do is, I believe the best way you can go and get some fresh produce from the farmers in the farmer's market, bring it to your home, and the best way to avoid COVID-19 is just washing your hands with soap and water for 20 seconds, and then wash your produce, maintain safe distance, wear a mask. We should be able to enjoy a good, healthy food that we got from from the farmer's market. Absolutely, Ram. And like I said, I'm, I'm so glad that we did this episode today so people can understand that, like you mentioned before, uh, your, your produce is safe. It, it is safe to shop at farmer's markets. It's safe to consume, rinse it off. Um, Ram gave you guys so many helpful tips and hints on what you can do to make sure that you remain safe while you're out shopping for your fresh produce. And as always, like I said, we do encourage you to buy local, support your local farmers. Florida Organic Growers has a Farmers Market Association where we've created a up-to-date map on the FOG Florida Farmers Market Association website um, that can help people find farmers markets and market alternatives in their community for accessing fresh local food during this pandemic. Uh, the market alternatives include drive-throughs or pickup for online orders direct from farms that have been popping up throughout the state um, in response to COVID-19 concerns. And so if you want to find out how to access fresh local produce and support your local farms at this time, by all means, please head over to foginfo.org backslash FFMA and click on the COVID-19 resources button and all of that information will be available to you there. Uh, as always, we thank you for listening. If you have any questions or concerns or would like some more information, please log on to foginfo.org or you can email us directly at education at foginfo. We thank you for listening today. And Ram, I thank you so much for being here and providing this information and clearing up some of these misconceptions that we're seeing pop up throughout this pandemic. Thanks, Jessica. Thanks for the opportunity. We appreciate you. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. As many of you already know, FOG is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization, which means we need your help to keep all of our content free to the public please consider making a tax-deductible donation today. We would really appreciate your support. 